When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers, which is a wonderful place where you can go to find resources on your recovery journey from a narcissistic relationship. Lots of trauma, lots of trauma bonding, lots of crazy stuff happening there. And so check it out, NARC Troopers. There's podcasts, there's videos, there's articles about it, even a book and some sessions that I do for one-on-one. So today's topic is recovering from trauma while the world burns. Yeah, I think that it would be safe to say that right about now the world is on fire. Um, And I think that there are added challenges of recovering uh, amidst such ongoing stuff like a pandemic, a genocidal kind of war, possibly World War III, um, dangerous climate crises, homegrown terror, economic disaster. Uh, I know I'm leaving a lot out. Food insecurity, hyperinflation, quite possibly a recession or depression even. Um collapse of major systems, healthcare systems, school systems, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Bad stuff, not good stuff. So 2019 was um, a tipping point. At that time in 2019, my husband abandoned our lengthy marriage that was 15 years And the world seemed to be also beginning to unravel at an alarming pace. Started around that time or a few months after. Um, It was June 18th, 2019 um, for me, this descent into hell. And um, it sort of continued ever since in one way or another. Um, Yeah, things, you know, never really... um, return to that kind of normal after something like any of these things that have happened. There's not really any true 100% recovery to put things back to the way they were. I'm talking about not just the personal part, but also all the stuff that's happened in society, you know. Um, You know, I think we spend a lot of time trying to get back to the past, and the past is the past. It's gone. Bye-bye. And you can't get it back. It's not coming back. We have to accept that. And it's tough. Tough to accept. We don't want to accept that. It's hard. It hurts. Ouch. Um, So there are parallels that make survival and recovery from a relationship with a pathological narcissist similar to survival and recovery from this never-ending pandemic. Yes, I'm going to go there. Um, this escalating and encroaching war, mm-hmm. 
and even the rapidly sinking economy, not to mention racial and socio socioeconomic inequality, um, wild climate change and stuff that's happening. It's wreaking havoc uh, all over the world. Look at what's happening. There's already been places that have collapsed, like um, Afghanistan um, and maybe Lebanon and Turkey. Maybe um, uh, those are the ones that come to mind first because there's some places where, you know, there's some awful stuff happening. Um, they're not doing okay. And this is happening throughout the world, you know, government collapse, system collapse, economic collapse, runaway inflation, all kinds of financial troubles. You know, these are tough times. And while we may be seeing some improvement here and there, uh, especially on our own road to recovery, we may be seeing like, um, you know, progress that we're doing better. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things to recover from. Peptide addiction is like one of the first things that comes to mind. Cellular addiction, neurochemical imbalances in the brain being flooded with, you know, cortisol and serotonin, dopamine, needing that hit of dopamine and just all kinds of dysregulated stuff like that. Um, PTSD is a symptom that can uh, actually a, a thing that can happen to people who have gone through narcissistic relationships. Um, you can develop somatic problems in the body where trauma is stored. Um, you can have um, depression, um, maybe um, prolonged grief syndrome. That's a thing prolonged grief syndrome. Um, what else? Um, looking at my notes, loneliness. How about that one? Uh, ruined relationships with friends and family. Uh, all of this stuff that's happening all the way around us, you know, things seem, seem to be falling apart, right? I, I think that would be safe to say that. So how do we navigate our own sense of despair and hopelessness following a relationship with a narcissist where there is uh, abusive trauma bonding and all of that stuff happening. And, um, you know, how do we deal with that when we can't even make it through a trip to the grocery store without wanting to have a meltdown when we pick up something and see that it's like doubled, tripled, quadrupled in price. It's crazy how groceries and gas and all of that's just going up. That's enough to trigger a panic attack right there, just filling up your tank. Um, I put over $50 in, of gas into my car and I have a Prius. <laughs> and although I do get 55 miles a gallon in my car, yay, knock on my gas tank. Um, still, that is, uh, well, you know, that's not... It's expensive for everybody. Let's just say that, the, you know, gas, whatever kind of car you drive, it's, it's expensive. What about rent? Payment of rent? I have three roommates now. I moved and the only way I could afford to move, I live with three people that I didn't know any of these people a few months ago. They're all three of them pretty much strangers that I just met, <laughs> right? I'm living with three people I don't even know. And, um, 
just to be able to pay the rent in a place where I really wanted to go that was super expensive. Is it worth it? Yeah, because I think even if I had stayed in the place I was before I left, I'd still have to have roommates because it's getting expensive there too. So the roommate thing seems like a survival strategy that is almost just necessary and unavoidable at this point. Thank you, ex-husband, for putting me in that position. I know that he um, pays his rent by schmoozing uh, women that will pay for him and pretending to be in relationships with him, with them and maybe even convincing himself that he's in a relationship with them like he did with me. I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway, what do we do? We don't have any work-life balance. We don't have leisure time. We don't have sick leave. We don't have a lot of the basic things that are quality of life things that we deserve, that we should have. You know, if we get sick, we should be paid to recover and take a couple of days off, stuff like that. But a lot of people don't have that. Um, even professional people, degree people, you think they have it that much better? Not really. Some of them don't have uh, squat for a time off, at least not in America where it's all about working, working, working yourself to death. Um, so, you know, our grief during a time where we're trying to recover from an abusive relationship, you know, it's exacerbated by thinking about World War III, by thinking, how are we going to pay for all of our stuff? Um, you know, and um, we're, we are too destroyed in some ways, dysregulated and betrayed uh, by our own brains and our own bodies because of the addiction and all of that stuff that's happening. So, um, so what do we do? You know, the, the prospect of something like long COVID is too terrifying to even consider. Uh, and let me just confirm sidebar. I have long COVID right now, five months and counting. And I have a list of things that are wrong with me. The that is one reason that I look as rough as I do uh, right now. I know I've looked better and that's because I'm sick guys. I have like all kinds of stuff wrong with me right now. And so we have to, all that to worry about. And so um, it's just too much. So what do we do? Uh, here are some ideas. So that's what this um, podcast is about. I'm going to tell you some things you can do to deal with this overflowing plate of personal anguish. And then on top of that, you've got a heaping helping of, um, crazy stuff happening in the world. What do you do? What do you do to get through all of that? Okay. Number one, you treat yourself with kindness. Yeah. Treat yourself with kindness and the care. Like you would treat someone who was recently, um, in a terrible accident or laid up in the hospital. And you do that by sleeping more. Uh, sleep is really important. Um, eating better, incorporate some exercise, drink plenty of water, indulge yourself, be sweet to yourself, find out what works for you. Maybe you'd need to take some supplements like 5-HTTP, B12, magnesium, stress formulations. They have adrenal um, supplements for your adrenal system, which a lot of times becomes depleted during times of horribleness. Um, so you can do that. You can begin a practice of meditation or prayer practice uh, to, at the beginning and the end of each day. 
pay attention to what your body and your soul are trying to tell you. Um, you know, that's important. Listen to your inner child and ask them, what do you need? What's going on with you? Talk to me. And then communicate with that inner part of yourself. Number two, dos. Do. <laughs> okay. Um, help others. One of the things I've noticed over the last three years since I've been in recovery is that most people who survive this kind of abuse, they want to climb on a mountaintop or a rooftop and just scream and preach the gospel of narcissistic abuse to everybody and, and how to recover. They want to just clarify all of the misconceptions, misunderstandings, misinformation, all of that stuff. There's so much of it. It's very frustrating for those of us who know what it is to tell these people, hey, you know, you need to, to, to know what's happening here. And so most people, I'm going to say most people, um, feel compelled to never let anyone suffer through this kind of thing by themselves, being confused, discarded. Uh, not knowing what's happening to them, you know. So it gives you kind of a sense of purpose and, and meaning to your life. With each encounter, you get a little stronger and you take a little bit more of your heart back. And so helping others is number two. Number three. Got number three for you. Ready? Uh, get your spiritual house in order. When I was discarded in 2019, I crumbled. You know, I always thought that I was strong and I thought I was faithful, too, for the most part. I thought I had power and agency over my own life. Um, but, you know, even though I was confident, you know, um, I, I was shattered into a million pieces. Fragments, you know, I lost everything when he left me. And at the discard, it was just... I'm still in shock that it affected me the way that it did. I had no control over that. Um, but I reached for spiritual strength just to simply get through the next day and not die, literally. And um, that was the beginning of a renewed relationship, um, a, re a renewed relationship with God. And I turned what was left of my life over to this higher power. This closer trust in God became my compass as I tried to reconstruct this annihilated life that I was living in. And, you know, there's a reason that 12-step programs have um, faith and surrender to a higher power as part of the 12 steps that you it's like part of what you do to, to, to maintain sobriety. Life just becomes lighter when you surrender to the divine and when you trust um, that God is going to take care of you. It can be a source of sustenance for your ravaged, starving soul. <coughs> yeah. Okay, next one. Number four. Build your tribe. Yep. Recovery from narcissistic abuse is not for the faint hearted and it can take some time. It's hard to do it by yourself. 
many victims or volunteers because we won't get into that right now but i don't like the word victim i'm not a victim i volunteered and even though technically i was sort of a victim i i was a volunteer i wanted to choose that role and um I've been working on that, so I don't do that again. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, when you discover that by the end of this dysfunctional relationship, um, that there's no one left standing nearby, things have happened that may have caused friends and family to step away. It may be possible to lean on anybody else for recovery for a number of reasons. Maybe they've been hurt or they want to protect themselves or put that distance there Maybe they don't understand NPD or what's going on with you. Uh, maybe they have no idea and they just want you to snap out of it. So let them have their space and, um, you know, respect that they don't have to be part of your recovery journey, you know, find new people to support you. Uh, a majority of that support can come from people who've experienced this themselves I mean, who better to really get it than somebody who's had a partner who did the same thing to them and they've read all the same books and the same articles and they've educated themselves in the same way. They speak your language and nobody else does. Um, they just don't. So you have to find your people and, um, and you know, they will be your greatest comfort and strength through this. Okay. Number five, this is the fifth thing that you can do prepare for the worst. <laughs> yeah. Prepare for the worst. Uh, this warning is for both the recovery process from NPD and for all the awful things that are happening in the world around us. We should be preparing. Uh, recovery from NPD abuse is not your typical breakup. Uh, it's something very, very, very different. It involves many things that you have to try to educate yourself about and accept that um, you have to address each and every part of it. The inner child with archaic wounding and all of the healing of that stuff, codependent attachment styles, somatic trauma in the body, neurochemical dysregulation in the brain, peptide addiction, PTSD. You know, I could just keep going, but uh, you get the picture. It's going to be awful and it's going to kick your butt. And serve it up on a platter. There's no shortcuts. Lots of agony. It's going to be rough. You just got to get ready. And that's the message here. I hate to be the harbinger of bad news. But on top of all of that. Uh, everything that's going on in the world. Is just really rough right now. So you have to prepare. Whatever that means. You know. Buy a little portable solar power generator. In case the power grid goes out. Get yourself some water you know, a couple of weeks of water, just in case something happens there, have food, you know, beans and pasta and stuff in cans that if the groceries are empty for a while, I'm sure hopefully they'll be restocked at some point. But, you know, if there's enough stuff falling apart, it could be disrupted to the point where you won't have things that you can go buy to eat. There will be a run on the groceries, like maybe a run on the banks and things could get bumpy so be prepared for that and then be prepared for this really rough recovery you just need to get your mentally prepared for that that it's not going to be easy or quick 
And then you just jump in and start. Number six, grow your resilience. That's a key word. Learn to tuck and roll when life knocks you down. Learn to bend before you break. Um, like a desiccated chicken bone, you know, the pulley bone, the wishbone, you know, snips. Um, how about some analogies? Once upon a time, in an earlier version of me, I rode motorcycles. Yeah, hard to believe. You will, and so what did I learn from my motorcycle experience? That you have to lean, and you have to lean, and you have to lean. Uh, yeah. And why do you have to do that? Because if you don't, you're going to lay the bike down with it on top of you. And if you're all rigid and stiff, um, you know, it's not going to work. You know, you have to um, uh, imagine it's kind of like a horse and kind of go with that or something. <laughs> um, you'll put down the bike and the horse if you don't learn to do that. Here's another example. Swimming. I don't know how to swim. I uh, love the water, love the beach, love the sun, love all of that, but I can't swim. So um, I would stand on the beach, waves slamming against my body, fighting them, asserting my will over them, and I was always defeated. You know, I was always defeated. And sometimes that riptide pull is so powerful, you could be just standing in the water up to your knees and get knocked down and sucked out to sea. Yeah, think about that. Knocked down and sucked out to sea. That happened to somebody here in California about a couple of weeks ago, close to where I had been standing in the ocean myself, noticing and how strong that rip current really was. And so it really happens to people. That guy drowned. He died. There were two of them. One of them almost died. The other one did die. It was awful. So... What do you do with this whole surf and stuff? Well, you know, you're going to be bruised and battered, you know, as, as Yoda said, I'm going to quote Yoda. Uh, he said, be one and go with the force. The force you are. <laughs> Something like that. You know how he twisted everything backwards. Um, go with the flow, you know, leverage things to your benefits. Be resilient. Bend with things. Don't break. Yeah, that was number six. All right, number seven. I think there's ten of these, so let's move on. Number seven. Um, be there for the ones that got hurt during the relationship with the narcissist. You know, my family was hurt, broken apart. And when they landed at the end of all this, they were far away, thousands of miles from me. That was one of the reasons I left Austin. I had no family left there. They had all left. I had I have some that are expats in Europe now. I have some that live up in the Northeast, which by the way, is where I am right now. I'm visiting and everybody's asleep and I'm talking to you. But <clears throat> there will be casualties with these narcissists. They do things, messed up stuff. They try to isolate you. They sabotage you. They passive-aggressively poison your relationships with other people so that you lose friends, you lose family. And so now the things that you can do, um, you know, like there's just been so much harm um, 
everybody hurt. So it's time to make amends, make reparations and show them that you're no longer going to choose death over life. You're not, no longer going to choose demons over angels. You're no longer going to choose crazy mentally disturbed people over healthy neurotypical people and that you don't need to do that for whatever reasons compelled you to do it before that you're better now you're whole complete healthy recovered from all of your childhood trauma and wounding and all of that stuff bad scripting and you're ready to face life and be okay you have amends to make that's going to take a while you know how in aa one of the steps is go to the people that you have harmed and apologize well that applies to this too you should go to the people that you have harmed and tell them that hey i've seen the light i know what this person is now i am so so sorry that i wasted a minute of my time on someone like that i should have been there for you i am so sorry and do that and then show them back it up with action and show them how you have a deep understanding of what happened and why you did what you did and that you're sorry. You're sorry and that they can trust you and start to work on that. Start working on rebuilding the relationships that were destroyed by the narcissist. Number eight. Um, where am I? Number eight. Think outside the box. We, you know, you can't go back to the past. It's gone. Um, you know, there, there's no returning to it. You have to let it go and you have to embrace the new. We need to become problem solvers and innovators. We need think tanks and collaborations and cooperation, new ideas and better ways and problem solvers and all of that. You know, what is the Einstein's, Einstein's, what is his definition of insanity? Uh, it's doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. You have to be brave. You have to learn from your mistakes, acknowledge them, be accountable for them, accept them, own them, and all of that. And then walk towards change. Trust your intuition and conscience and faith. Mm -hmm. Number 10, you can survive. No, wait, I'm on number nine. <laughs> Number nine, you can survive anything because you survived the apocalypse by loving a malignant narcissist. Hey, I'm starting my new life by moving cross country, California. Maybe not everybody can do that, but um, my experiences in Austin, it was like living in a crime scene. Uh, too many triggers, too many memories, too many ghosts. I just couldn't do it. I didn't have any family there. Only two or three pretty close friends, but you know, I, it was just, it was like living at a crime scene and moving really helped me. Uh, now I've only been gone for like three weeks, but in those three weeks, just being in a completely different state, thousands of miles away has been very therapeutic for me because I'm getting to that place where you know, things are starting to fade for the very first time. Things are starting to fade. You know, this week, my ex, I'll tell you this example. Um, he used to pull in backwards, like back into parking places, do the ninja move where he like backed in. And um, 
he called it a by the name of the person who had been a, his head CEO, principal, head of school person at a Catholic school where he taught in Austin. And um, he called it a blank blank. I think the guy's name was Steve. But I tried to think of the guy's whole name because every time he did it, he stamped it because narcissists do a very tricky imprinting on you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. They'll touch you in the same way in the same spot. It's their signature move. They'll say the same thing. They'll use smell. They'll use sound with music. They'll repeat the same words. It's all like this crazy cult like brainwashing kind of stuff, imprinting so that after they're gone, those seeds are, have been planted in you so deeply, they're still with you. You can't, um, you, you know, you can't just get them out and move on and stop thinking about them because, um, you know, they're in there. They're introjects. Introjects are the voices that your parents put in there, your teachers, your authority figures, and your narcissist puts introjects into you that come to life and really kick your butt after they're gone. So, um, so yeah, that's why I had to, to leave Austin. Um, and, and I know not everybody can do that, but, um, you know, you have to remember you're going to survive this probably. Um, and, um, don't surround yourself with things that are reminders of this life that no longer exists, this life that has gone wrong, this life where you were ultimately betrayed in the worst betrayal of epic history on record, um, brutal abandonment, broken dreams, future faking that never happened, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, after what I've been through for the last three years, which I can't even... There's no words for it. It was really awful. I feel like I'm fearless. Um, you know, let California burn to the ground, shake and quake with all of its rumblings and, and slide into the sea. You know, at least I'm going to have a front row seat when it happens. And, and that sun setting into the big blue water. Well, you know, that's kind of like the last thing I want to see anyway, if the world ends. Now that was nine things that you can do to help yourself during the last, this, this rough time, because stuff in the world is going wonky and you in your own personal life, you're having troubles. So you kind of want to think about all of these kind of things. The last thing I want to leave you with is this, I guess this is number 10. And that is that you have to be, uh, you have to accept reality because you're the person that has NPD doesn't live in the same world you live in. That is foreign to them. They can't live here. Uh, they live like on a different planet or something. And their reality is not reality. It's fantasy. It's, it's delusional. And so you, you need to accept that you can't fix them. You need to accept they can't do better. You need to accept that 
this fantasy world that you lived in with them, that you were both mutually sick and sort of psychotic during the time that you spent together. You need to accept that you can recover when they can't. They have to just go out and repeat what they just did to you to someone else and over and over forever. But you don't have to do that. You have to know what they are and accept it. Believe it. Know it. Feel it in your gut. You know they're not well. You know they can't be normal. You know they can't be healthy. You know that you have no power to do some magic spell on them to make them suddenly wake up and have their brain repaired and a conscience in it or any kind of morals or ethics or anything that's just not going to happen. So accept it. And once you accept that that is reality, you have no choice but to let them go. Right? You have no choice but to try to let it go because you know that they are so deeply not okay, so deeply unwell, that what are you going to do? What are you hoping for? They're going to hoover you and come back and do what? Suddenly be all the things that that they made you believe they were, that you thought they were? Is that what it is? That's probably not uh, something you should even be thinking about. So my last most powerful thing is accept it. Accept the things that you cannot change and have enough sense to know that you can't change them. And just accept it. That is the most powerful thing you can do. Just let it go. Let it go. They are not for you. And uh, let them go. They're not your problem. Let them go. So that's my message for today. And um, let's think about what we can do in our current social situation in the world. You need to start thinking about it. I am shocked that so many people don't know what long COVID is. There's almost 40 million people right now who have long COVID. One in five people. Some people say one in four, but... More people say about one in five, 20% of people who get COVID, even if it's a mild case, end up with some long-term disability. Mild, severe, sometimes it kills them. Sometimes they just live with it. Sometimes they even recover from it after three to six months. Sometimes they don't. It blows my mind that people don't know what that is. Um, Educate yourself about what's going on. Get the facts. No, you know, it's not just the vaccine that are giving people blood clots and all these crazy things. COVID gives it to you too. I know it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Everybody hates the vaccine. Yeah, I hate it too. I don't trust it. How some vaccine that was made for the first iteration of the virus going to cure all these different variants that have mutated 10, 20, 50, 100 times over? Probably they're not going to be as effective as the one at the beginning. That's neither here nor there. Start asking these questions, thinking about it. I know the vaccines aren't perfect and they're, and they're not safe. And, but having COVID is also not safe. You could end up permanently disabled or dead. Yeah. Even if you're young, even if you're strong and healthy. So that's just one example. 
do you know what's going on with the war situation? How that's like a war machine, a moneymaker, an industry, how the powers that be, the eagles and the hawks are, are, are pushing a war that quite possibly could be the end of everything. You know, we have all kinds of things going on, food insecurities and supply chain disruptions and economic woes and climate change. You know, it's real now, right? Go outside and look at the temperature. <laughs> I There's just so many things to think about when you're going through that list of 10 things about how to recover from narcissistic abuse. Do me a favor and sit here and just look around you and think, okay, where's that narcissist? What's, you know, is he even thinking about you? Or she could be a she. Is she even thinking about you? Does she care about you? Is she showing any kind of 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 action or words that would imply in any way that they give two f you know what about you? They don't. They've erased you. They have forgotten you. They have rewritten history to make you the bad guy. And none, none of these things that you sit around going, oh, that was so nice. They don't remember it that way. You're the bad guy now. And don't be a fool. You have been played by a narcissist for whatever amount of time you were in this thing with them. Look around at all the problems out there in the world. You know, there's plenty do you really want to spend any more time obsessing about this narcissist who is mentally ill and can't do any better? They can't change. They can't help themselves. They're not complete, whole, healthy people. You know, that's like you're expecting somebody who has a spinal cord injury who's like a, uh, a paraplegic. And you think, if, you know, if you just keep trying really hard, you're going to grow that back together and fuse that nerve and they're going to just get up and walk and start running a marathon. And your goal is to do a 10K with them. Really? The only way you're going to do a 10K with them probably is pushing them, even with all the new technology. We're not there. And with the narcissist, maybe someday they're going to invent something to grow back the gray matter that's missing in their interior insula, insula, prefrontal cortex, hippocampus, all the parts of their brain that are damaged. Maybe someday they'll put a chip in there and it'll just be like, boom, power up. Oh, hey, you're a normal person now, but not today. So when you're looking around at all the stuff that's happening in the world around you and thinking, wow, things are going straight to, you know, where in a hurry, that's what you need to be devoting your time and energy to not the narcissist, not this human being who is so broken, so damaged, so empty and so hollow that they're never going to be what you need them to be, what you want them to be, what you hope they're going to be. They don't care about you. They're never going to care about you. They never did really care about you. Maybe they convinced themselves. They love bomb themselves, sort of. They're so delusional. They convinced themselves that you're going to save them and you're just the best thing since sliced bread until you're not. And they're ditching you over here into the dumpster and going off and riding into the sunset with somebody else. They're not okay. Let them go. Concentrate on what you can do to grow some food or to, um, you know, save the planet or end the war or protect yourself and your loved ones from COVID. 
I don't know, guys. These are tough times, but I wanted to share this with you. Keep things in perspective. Accept what they are and release them back into the wild nothingness of their existence where they dwell. Let them have their fantasy, technicolor, la-la land extravaganza. It's not real. And I know it's really tempting to escape into that fantasy world with someone like them instead of facing all the really horrible realities that are going on right now. But we're strong, resilient people. We can face the reality of what's going on and we can do something about it to make it better. They can't. They're off doing the little dancing twirls and stuff in their fantasy la-la land. In their never-never land, they're flying around, you know, with pixie dust. Let's not be that. We're more than that. We have a core. We have a uh, working set of things that we just need to heal them and be kind to ourselves and and just accept things and move on. So, okay. <laughs> Sorry for the rambling. Um, I'm going to let you go. Um I'm doing the video feature, even though, yeah, look at this hair. Look at me. I've had, you know, I'm here in, in, um, in Massachusetts visiting people uh, that are related to me by blood <laughs> and they're spending time with me. So I need to uh, end this, but I was thinking about all of you tonight and what I wanted to say to you. And I wanted to say the world is coming unraveling. Stop thinking about the narcissist, accept what they are, let them go. And let's get on to the business of repairing relationships. That's what I'm doing right now. It's trying to repair some of those relationships that the narcissist ruined during that 15 years that I was married to him. Mm -hmm. Ruined him. Okay. That's it for tonight. I will see you guys soon. Um, if I don't see you, I will hear you uh, or I'll have words for you to read. Right. <laughs> okay. Take care, everybody. Bye.